I've been multi-boxing. I got six Game Boys, <laughs> and I've I put up a, a I scripted some stuff to yeah. run them all at once. Seth, Seth has caught over 7,000 Pokemon in the last six days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll catch a Pokemon right now. I've got it running in the background. Scotch. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 74 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and what what am I this time? I am the bit bucket bonanza balletist. 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 My name's Sam and I make the art. And today is... November 23rd, 2016. Before we started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show. There will be profanity and violence. Violence, <laughs> radio-styled nudity. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something, very graphic. Something yeah. might reach out of the device that you're listening to this from and, and just grasp you. you or slap you. Depending on what sort of appendage comes out. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. You never know you with those radio based multi dimensional beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, having said all that, uh, if you're a child, then stop listening a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> what happened yes. this week? It was a big well, week. Yeah. So, we got, we got some stuff to talk about. So, everybody, talk ready, about it. saddle up, bring your chair, bring a koozie with your favorite beverage. And oh, yeah, those are things. Um, I forgot about those things. So, you know, our studio has only been around for a couple of years now, four years or so. And we just had our first round of hiring, as everybody knows, way back in June, July. And uh, since then, we've had a great time working with everybody. And as of Monday, as in two days ago, mm-hmm. uh, Carol actually decided to leave to pursue her own path in the games industry. And while this is, of course, something that we're like, yeah about uh the truth is we're actually very excited for her and for what she's got going on um she's one of the most passionate people we've been you know delighted to work with and we got to see just just uh just a bit of carol the last you know four months or so five months it was great it was a good time and we really wish her the best in everything and um this is a it's an interesting transition for us as a studio of course because uh you know first hire and then the first person also uh for us to lose as a studio so we've been mm-hmm. we've been doing a good amount of soul searching and stuff as well um <laughs> But I think it, it seems like it's the sort of thing where uh, it's going to be, it's good for everybody um, at the end of the day. And yeah, and we'll, and we'll be here on the sidelines kind of cheering as uh, as we get to watch whatever amazing stuff Carol mm-hmm. goes off to to do and, and put out. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know we'll miss her on the podcast, and we know probably a lot of you will too. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep up to date with what she's up to and all of her future shenanigans, mm-hmm. uh, you can follow her at Carol Mertz on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think she is going to probably be talking about video games on the internet a fair mm-hmm. bit, and so you won't have to you won't have to leave her laughing. You won't be careless. You won't be careless. Yeah, yeah. And also around. in a weirdly unrelated uh, circumstance, we do have a job over there. <laughs> Coincidental, uh, which is actually for a two D artist. Yeah, it's not the same job. No, it, that's actually, not at all. This is actually something that we were we've been planning on doing for a while now. Um, and it's just coincidentally timed this way. Yeah. Uh, so we have a job opening for a 2D artist. We realized that, um, you know, we, we're starting to forge ahead on new game projects much faster and realized that with Sam as our sort of like in our prime uh, marketing role and like he's putting together trailers and doing all this stuff uh, to promote our, our games, which has always been the case. Um, we just don't have the capacity. We don't have the capacity to make all the art that we need. 
and we should probably do something about well, that. Well, I, so. I guess we do. It just means that we can't do other things. Yeah. Yeah. If we do art, then we can't do marketing, which yeah. is a bad place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this reminds me of when we talked about around the time we launched Crashlands, you had been, you had done no art for like five months. I think it was about it was about four months at that point. Yeah, uh, because marketing's a full time job. Yeah. And then so. it wasn't until uh, actually around around June when all the new hires got in that I finally had. I think it was a, there was a two week stretch where I suddenly got to do a bunch of art before the conventions and everything else started and kind of yeah. took my life away before we lost our way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so we have info on that at jobs.bscotch.net. Yep, just go there. You can you can read about us if you want to make sure this is something you want. But if you don't want to, just scroll to the bottom and follow the link. Then, then you'll see the job. Yeah, yeah. So if you are a 2D artist who would be interested in living in St. Louis, making games with us, uh, or know somebody like that, um, yeah, sure, I want to clar- clarify, you need to be a 2D artist. Right, You're, you have to be you physically, physically two-dimensional. You must only mm-hmm. exist in two dimensions. Uh, the art you produce could have any number of dimensions. Although we you cannot know. have a 2D personality. That's, that's or, true. No, just one dimension. Well, no, it, we want you to be sort of be, like a sitcom character where right. you have like <laughs> where you have like one thing that you are very passionate about and then one flaw, you know? Right. That's just to balance it out. Yeah, you got to balance it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, that flaw emerges just in general uh, to, to make interesting plot points. <laughs> right. So... That's the kind of thing we need. We will be implementing a sideways turn test where if you turn sideways and you don't disappear because we can no longer see if you. you f- if you physically st- cease to exist yeah, when you turn. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. 2D yep. artist. Can't be that hard to find someone like that, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No, you just probably just find it. Also, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah. Came out. Yeah. Put it. Yeah. I've been multi-boxing. I got six Game Boys, <laughs> and I've... I, Put up a, a, a scripted some stuff to yeah. run them all at once. Seth, Seth has caught over seven thousand Pokemon in the last six days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm catching Pokemon right now. I've got it running in the background. <laughs> I don't even know what's well, happening. Is that a thing that people do? It's a thing that I do. Oh, okay. Actually, what really happened is I booted it up for eight minutes, and I was like, "Actually, I'm super busy right now. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get back to this later." <laughs> yeah. So well, the the original goal, as we laid out last week, was to play Pokemon for literally the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen exactly. Uh, like it turns out that when you're running your own studio and also making like plans for you know hiring an artist and doing some other stuff, there's no such thing as a whole weekend. <laughs> Suddenly, yeah. So we did have a question that 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 essentially uh, I think it, it relates to this very thoroughly in terms of where what, do these questions come from? The questions come come from podcast.bscotch.net. Oh my god! Wait, are we are we? Did we just transition into questions seamlessly? Or, or are you, I almost got to do it seamlessly. Or are you inserting a question? <laughs> Into the intro piece. Yes. I was mainly inserting a question. Ah, so we're not actually in the question time. So the question is from Kaki Chan 2, who asked, how often do you guys finish playing a game? Yeah. Between work, school, family, and other stuff, it gets busy. Yet you always seem to be trying out and purchasing new games. How do you do it? So I think we try out games. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best, just, that's the best, that's the, what we do. Honestly, yeah. though, I've, I don't think I've played many games lately that you can finish. Yeah, that's true. That, that's becoming a trend of, mm. of uh, games that go on forever. Yeah, I mean, which of course it, we're contributing to that trend. Yeah, and even thinking about <laughs> even thinking about Pokemon, like what happens once you catch all of them? The game like it just keeps you mean it keeps because you can you keep can keep playing. playing. Yeah, and then you now you are obligated to start going into into physical actual Pokemon tournaments and traveling around the United States and being right. part of these big conventions and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you're, I mean, you're required to by law. I don't know if yeah. Once you complete Pokedex, that's part of the that's part of the terms that you yeah, yeah that you sign when yeah. you just just in case you weren't aware of that. Just yeah, complete uh, Pokedex and they own your soul and yeah. they'll be using you for blood battle. Yes, yeah, so I mean, not only does it not end, it can't end yeah. mm-hmm. uh, until you end. That's when <laughs> that's when Pokemon stops. Is when you stop breathing. I think the last time <laughs> the last time that I got to play a game completely. And this should speak to our current situation and our lives in general. Is when I was hospitalized for four weeks. Yeah, that was the you last played time. Dragon Age. I played and I beat Dragon Age Inquisition, and I beat it the day that my that my chemo ended, which was the day before I basically died for three weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was seven days where I basically just played it for seven days. So I think I put like sixty hours into it, beat it. You know, not completely because it's a fucking huge game and there's all these side quests and stuff. But I was just plowing down the main quest line. I was like, I got, I got to get there before the week's over. Because I knew that as soon as this was done, uh, this opportunity would you know, be flying by. Well, perhaps ironically, I think the last game that I, the last single player game that I beat was Dragon Age Origins. Mm. No, not Origins. Yeah, was the first Whatever was the original one. It was. Origins was the second one, actually. <laughs> it's just, oh, just called Dragon, Dragon, Dragon Age. Age. Yeah. yeah, probably. In two th- like two December of 2009 going to be real. That's, that's a really dumb naming sequence they missed it it was, a, it was a prequel probably it was something. a prequel i think yeah but it I was even it. crazier because when you start playing dragon age origins they start you in the middle of the game and then they reverse you back yeah so they start so you they get, start like, you, tarantino it well no they start you with a whole bunch of abilities and they just put you into a boss fight like right away pretty huh. cool actually and so. you're and you're i think you're supposed to lose or something and then they're like never mind and then they reverse you now you can't do anything and you have no abilities and you're like level one so huh. It's pretty, so it was actually a good intro. Though, it's a it prequel you pick, that fast forwards you to the middle of itself to kind of show you, you basically to show you kind of what what's, like. what's in store. Yeah, that's actually pretty clever. It's actually really fun. It was. But yeah, that was that was the last time I got to play a game. It was when I was hospitalized. So yeah, we uh, we don't tend to finish games. I guess is probably the the biggest point. But here. It, but it is true thing. though that that most of the because the the industry is trending towards needing to hold your attention for as long as possible in a mm-hmm. in a specific game so that you can and. and Again, we try to do this too, right? Because when your game comes out, that's that's when people actually give a shit about it. And if they stop playing it after that and don't tell anybody else about it, and there's no word of mouth. Nobody no- cares anymore. And then you just you don't sell any more copies. Mm-hmm. And so so then the game just its life is now over. And that, that's the life cycle of, of a game as it's as it's classically called. So to get around this, people try to put out a DLC. They make it so that the game itself is effectively infinite, so that there will be a subset of people who are just always playing. Well, and, as of, yeah, and as of the yeah. last week, uh, EVE Online, which has been around for 13 years, just had their free-to-play update. Yep. So now they're bringing in a whole bunch of new players. Mm-hmm. So there's there's always more stuff to do in a game to extend its life. Yeah, right? so it, it becomes harder and harder to... And this, this is true for... This, this is the model that everybody is moving towards. Mm-hmm. And so that means all the big blockbusters that used to be... Uh, you know, single player one shot deals that you would play through and um, play through a quick story. And that's, that's the end of the thing are now also these enormously expansive things that don't exactly end. And so I think the, I mean, you think back to sort of the old, uh, the old valve games, you know, like the portal portal and portal Two, half life, that trilogy or series, whatever. Um, all of those are 10, 12 hour experiences and then it's over. Right. Yep. And that's it. And that, that, those are the games that I used to play all the way through because it felt like there was a reason to play from start to finish because the game wasn't trying to tear me in a thousand directions at once, unlike something like Fallout. Well, yeah, I remember reading when Fallout 4 came out, the yeah. developers estimated that there was about 400 hours of content. Yeah, I absolutely it. believe that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, all right, so if I played this like a full-time job, it would take me two and a half months yeah. to get to the end. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, so at a certain there- point. 
That's, there's and that just means you can't play of, anything else. Yeah. Right. There's this great article on uh, the Lost Garden blog, which is really good. Uh, I can't remember the writer's name, but he does a lot of game design mm-hmm. sort of talk and industry industry analysis stuff. And he talks about how we're approaching, we're basically in the in the fall season for games, where the the sort of spring and the summer seasons were when Steam first came on the market, and essentially you could put anything on there, and it was just like boom you had it made uh and then the app store came out same situation for the first like year or two right because there's just nothing to buy so we, knew, we know people who made a like a solitaire game or whatever yeah. and just just you know put something together over the course of a couple months and put it up on the app store in the first year of it existing and they're still yeah they're still living off the <laughs> yeah. um, and so but he's, he made this interesting point which i think is getting to actually part of the difficulty for other developers when the primary model of of games that becomes sort of ubiquitous is the one where they can hold your attention permanently because it's no longer the case that people are gamers broadly, but rather that they are gamers for a particular game. Yeah. And you see this happen with uh, World of Warcraft is a good example. Eve actually is a good example. League of Legends. Um, and now with Overwatch, there are people like they, they only play that game. Well, this and this is why I always thought it was fascinating that there's that, there's that, that term of gamer, right? Mm-hmm. Where somebody's like, I'm a gamer. I play games. But there are very few people who I know who really do passionately just play everything. Like a lot of different yeah, stuff. Yeah, people have a tendency yeah. to, to land in one, maybe two games that they mm-hmm. really, really enjoy, and they'll just spend most of their time mm-hmm. in there. Well, they talk about the, so the difficulty in the next couple of years is actually going to be that these, because of those, the engines for creating that sort of content and that sort of player trap is getting bigger and better every single year, right? So Skyrim, for example, like, you could literally, you could just play Skyrim. You could buy Skyrim as the only game that you play, and you could just play just, Skyrim. Just every day, get a new mod. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, 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 like, okay, so if, if Fallout 4 launched with 400 hours of content, they've also released like two or three DLCs by now. So who knows how much extra crap that is, like probably 500 hours at this point. So you you said like, okay, if I did that full time, it would take me like two months, right? Two and a half months, actually. But people don't get to play games full time. You could play nope. like maybe well, an hour. Like if you're about, a hardcore gamer, you're playing yeah. for like, it's two easily, hours a day. If you play the game a lot, it's a year's worth. Yeah. And only, if you only play that game and a lot, that's a year of game. Well, yeah, think, right. think so, about this, though. Think about how, how fucking crazy this is. If you were to just sort of like visualize this scenario, right? There's a thousand people working together to make a product. So imagine a, like a room or a whatever, an area with like a thousand people standing in it. And then there's you standing next to these 1,000 people, right? The job of all 1,000 of these people is to make a single thing just for you. Mm-hmm. That's going to capture your attention as much as possible and take up as much of your time as they can and provide as much joy and fun as possible, right? Um, and the amount of stuff that they can make yeah. that a thousand people can put together to for do that. you, just for you, right? <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's, but it's I think the the thing very is asymmetrical. Yeah, the thing that's going to be really weird about this though, going forward is that, and this has already happened a lot in the mobile market. We've already seen this: is that if you're a premium title like us, um, if you have a game that doesn't necessarily have the ability to constantly pull money out of players, so not necessarily a free to play game or not a well-monetized one. Or attention anyway. Or attention. You actually, there's a really huge difficulty now just in terms of getting people to play your game. Because, so say you, say you want to make, you're like, oh, I love League of Legends, but I like I can see all these ways I can make it better. I'm going to make one. I'm going to make a MOBA. MOBAs have been like a huge thing now since League of Legends came out, right? And almost every single one of them fails because there's two of them that people actually play, and it's League of Legends and Dota. And the truth is that what you're trying to do is pull them off 
of that thing. You're not pulling new people into the genre. You're actually mm-hmm. trying to get those players out of that particular system. And the reality is going forward that with games like Fallout, with games like Skyrim, whatever else, that there's more and more people who are in these camps of actually just playing a game. And so it becomes more and more difficult. Well, and those games devs, take... They take personal investment. You have to yeah. learn about everything in that game. You become a master of it, not just in skill, but also in knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you watch the patch notes, right? Like there's always, there's patch day where all of a sudden the, the studio comes out and like, here are all the things that have changed. Here are these new things. Here are these things we deleted. And part of mastering the game is also consuming that news, yep. right? And staying on top of everything that's going on in the game so that you can have the advantage to actually succeed mm-hmm. and so imagine taking all that personal investment and all that knowledge and then having another studio come along and be like, hey, we we made something very similar, but we changed a whole bunch of sort of key things that we didn't like. Um, you're not necessarily going to make that jump, yeah. right? Because you have to relearn their version of all the stuff that you've already spent so much time uh, learning how to do mm-hmm. and, and how to interact with. Um well, so the, the other thing is, is the, You're the general right? yeah, PC sales have sort of, they were rising for a long, long time. And I think they finally, as of this quarter, sort of stopped rising. Is that true? I think it is in Zakai's article. Mm-hmm. Mobile. Steam doesn't seem to think that's true, sure. according to what yeah. we saw at Steam Dev Days. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It may also be a seasonal. It may be a seasonal effect. It may um, be like relative to last. Yeah, the thing oh, with yeah, mobile phones, there's not, the, there's not basically growth quarter over quarter now um, with like iTunes and Android sales anymore, apparently. As far as like total or not the share. rate anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so the whole point is that people are saying there's not necessarily more people entering the system. Well, it's who the, can the markets are beginning to become saturated. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so now we're we're going to enter into what is probably actually the competitive game space, which is that people before, thought it was competitive before. Yeah. And now you you actually have a limited pool of people, whereas before the number of people coming into the system, especially on mobile, like the number of new phones being activated every day is some like astronomically huge figure and if that starts going down then yeah you have a smaller pool that starts shrinking until you actually get essentially a, a more yeah stabilized but i don't audience. think it really i don't think it actually matters really because new players still or new new people coming into these markets still still interact with the things that are already entrenched in those markets because that's what they hear about mm-hmm. that's what's at the top of the charts that's what their friends convince them to go buy a phone for right was to play this game with them or whatever uh so so I'm not convinced that you would need lots of new blood coming in to actually sustain diversity in the uh, the hmm. products being put out. Um, so so I think you don't think there's going to be a calcification that, in yeah, the I market. I don't think that's going to happen, or at least not not for that reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's hard to predict. Not because I, I think it will follow a typical life cycle, right? The market will, but I think what that's going to look like in the details is going to be hard to anticipate. Yeah. Because I think it's also fair to say that um, we are we're in the age of digital distribution now, which which wasn't a thing just twelve years ago or ten mm-hmm. years ago, right? I think Steam as a digital distribution platform uh, popped up in two thousand five or two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I know it was a patching client for Half Life in two thousand four, um, but you couldn't buy games through it for a couple of years. Um, so we're we're in like we're just at the end of the first decade of digital distribution of games and then with things like um smartphones you know iphones uh, android etc you have billions of devices out there and every every developer is competing for the same spots on the same devices mm-hmm. right which is sort of un, unprecedented in a lot of ways because distribution used to be restricted to geographic locations and the capacity to get your discs manufactured mm-hmm. and shipped and 
and have a publisher to support you and that kind of stuff. And um, we've just never seen a market that is that has this many potential customers and also this many uh, suppliers mm-hmm. like competing in the exact same marketplace, mm-hmm. right? And so as far as what it's going to look like when if, in, if the bottom falls out of the market, um, either from a supply side or a demand side, I don't, I have no idea. It's going to be weird. Because well, we, we also have the fact yeah. that most games on on the app stores do not make any money. Like they don't make more, they don't make more than zero. Right. Um, and a lot of them get put up just for free for fun. Right. So zero, no ads, no anti purchases, no payment, no, you know, buy them. You just get to have them. Right. Cause people, some people make them just for fun as a hobby and put them up there. Um, and so, and those are in the same marketplaces. And it, yeah, they're to, competing yeah, for the same living. space, yeah. right? And so that's also never been true, right? Like you wouldn't see somebody be like, well, you know, just for fun, I, you know, 20 years ago, be like, like, oh, just for fun, yeah. I just got a whole bunch of my friends together and, and we all- And now you can buy it in Target. We blew well, all of our money and now Target, you can, guess, now, right? and we, we got a distribution agreement and everything. We're not, we're not actually selling it. You can just take it off the <laughs> shelf and have it, right? That's <laughs> never been true, uh, right? Going into a bookstore and seeing like a hand-bound book. Somebody just like- a handwritten book. Someone's just like, this is my, I typed it. It's just I like, printed it just myself. For you. It's free. You can have it for <laughs> free. You have it. Yeah, and and you know it used because distribution used to be so hard that there was never the case that you had just uh, a ton of hobbyists dumping their products into the market for free. Just period. Right. Mm-hmm. So what is that now? I don't well, there's all, but I mean, another piece of this is the price recalibration because when distri- when digital distribution started and still today, the pricing model was exactly the same as it was for for buying the physical goods. So right? sixty bucks so for sixty uh, bucks, yeah. And that sixty bucks or fifty bucks at that time, or forty even, whatever, forever ago when we were buying games originally. Um, at that time, the the cost of that good, that forty bucks that you were spending had built into it the cost of getting it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, the and developers took home like five bucks at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, something like that. Because all, the, all the middle people. But that, so did the publishers. Yes. Right? Most of the most of the money that the consumer spent on that thing just went to getting it to them and building it. Right. right. <laughs> it didn't actually go back to to uh, the people who made it or the publishers who, who got it out. And, and then all of a sudden digital started to happen, but because people didn't want digital goods to compete with the physical goods, they sold at the same price. Yeah, well, because often they was the same company, right? Yeah, they, the would, company, they would right? have two versions. They don't want to cannibalize thing. their sales, and yeah. so and so uh, so now they're doing both for the same price. But of course, the digital side, they there is no di- or the distribution cost is really fucking small. Though ten years ago, it was significantly bigger because it was harder to do all this mm-hmm. stuff on the internet. But Nothing compared to a physical good yeah. getting it into a store, printing it, getting a box, getting yeah. a manual. Disc. Yeah, and yeah, so, so all this, all this is to say, like a who price, the, the, fuck knows? Well, the, the, the fact is, the pricing model that we have today doesn't make sense anymore. It actually doesn't make sense to sell a AAA game for sixty bucks, mm-hmm. right? And that's evidenced by the sh- the fucking insane profit margin that these games make, right? I think that's only the case if you're not if you're if you're considering them to be the same as they were. Yeah, yeah. Because well, just I mean, they, we they're still moving forward. Skyrim, yeah. like that like the the actual total amount of entertainment value you can get out of not even just Skyrim but like buying of Isaac right yeah I mean like it's a better product yeah it's their, the product's actually way the fuck better yeah. nowadays too I think yeah all things considered they should cost a lot more yeah they probably <laughs> <laughs> just based on what's in them well uh, and they do and will continue to because they all have IAPs that's yeah. true actually so they cost you'll never run they out cost of, you'll never run you out of, spend. <laughs> you'll never run out of opportunities right, to uh, spend next question comes from uh, French Toast Mafia 
who has some good ones. I really dig some of the deep concepts you've covered, like mindfulness, iteration, before inspiration, and letting the game emerge. Have you made any decisions that you knew would not maximize your revenue, but was true to your other business values? Yeah, we covered this with Crashlands. I don't a think, yeah, I don't think we've ever made a decision that could maximize our revenue. You probably, probably <laughs> maybe we should we think about should that. Well, but, but I mean, as an example, going back to what I've been talking to, when we decided to make Crashlands pay up front so that you can just buy it and have it, mm-hmm. uh, before that, it was actually going to be a free to play title where you would buy recipe packs or something, right? And had we done that with a game of the quality and scope of Crashlands, Had we launched it even just on mobile only as a free game with IAP unlockables, but like tons of them, we could have that probably would have maximized profit. That would have made a lot more money. But basically guaranteed. It wouldn't have been as good of a game. It would have been a worse game. Nope. Which we discovered when we hooked all those systems up and we were like, well, this sucks. Yeah. (laughs) It feels terrible until you buy everything. Yeah. 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 And then then we were like, why don't we just not do that and have people buy the game? What happens? Uh, yeah, which which is to say that we that our our primary model is is the make stuff that's really fun to play. And, and yeah, we we do of course think about whether or not a thing could be successfully sold and and making sure that the game design itself is something that will be broadly appealing and like we do that stuff cuz we have to, right? Mm-hmm. For two reasons. One is it's stupid not to because we're making games for other people, right? Yeah. So we should make sure that other people will enjoy it. And then the other one is that we have to run a company that can continue to make games as long as possible, which means they do have to bring something back and allow us to push forward. So our goal isn't to maximize profits. Well, I will say, though, hmm. it is in the long term yeah, in, yeah. in the sense that, you know, we have a belief that we could have done something like make Crash and it's free to play and just jam it full of in-app purchases and, and ride that wave uh, but then that to us is exchanging uh, long-term players who really appreciate the stuff that we make and want more of it and trust us to make good stuff that doesn't take advantage of them um, for a short-term cash pile, right? Mm-hmm. And so our our goal is to you know build up a community of people who really love the stuff that we make. And that's where that focus on quality comes from. And and yeah, like if we sell it up front, we're going to have fewer players because free, if you make something for free, more people will get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have fewer players, but we think that they'll be more passionate about the stuff that we're making. Um, and that that's better for us and for them in the long term. Yeah. So, it's also, there's, there's basically three, there's three entities to keep in mind. It's the studio, the player, and then the game. And mm-hmm. it's just the case also that some we've discovered and we've, there's been a good number of articles on it that some genres and some types of games just have a really hard time squaring with a free-to-play model. And some of them have a really hard time squaring with a pay-up-front model. Yeah, well, I mean, so it, something like a yeah. multiplayer uh, card game, for example, like really fucking hard to do as a pay-up-front thing. Yeah, because the, the studio need- has to maintain cost because mm-hmm. it has a every user you playing it yeah has a long-term cost for that well game. and there's that idea that in a in a multiplayer game where there's matchmaking you need a large pool of players exactly. right yeah. and so if you put up players a, are the content the players are the yeah the players make up a big part of the content because otherwise you have nobody to play so think about how actually actually how risky it is for a studio to launch a multiplayer game that is just multiplayer in the case of something like overwatch like there's no mm-hmm. There's no single player. So if nobody else if, played it, yeah, if there is have, no game. <laughs> if you have a situation where you actually have a low player count, the game dies. The game, like, which is what dies. happened to your tribes, for yeah. example. Yep. And there's nothing you can do. You just sit back there and watch as the dev be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's weird because the players are the game. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this is another reason why uh, Eve went free. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're con- sort of peak concurrent players with something like 30,000, which is still fantastic. So right? amazing, but yeah. Space is very big. And when <laughs> you spread those players out <laughs> across it, um, there's not that many, right? And so I think, so they, they went free to play on Tuesday with a pretty interesting model um, where you can sort of continue to play without a subscription, but you get sort of a, a broad, sort of a horizontal slice of the game. You get a whole bunch of stuff that you can do. You just can't do it to the maximum mm-hmm. um, and get all the best, more specialized stuff for that. Um, and they didn't even do a big advertising campaign for it yet. Cause they wanted to iron out the kinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But even just by just making that switch and putting up a blog post about it um, and sending out an email to all their former players who maybe dropped off the subscription or whatever um, uh, they nearly doubled their concurrent mm-hmm. players. In the first I think, was, I think about so, how, how much better that's going to be if you're playing Eve now. You get more people. Space, yeah. more people. There's yeah. more cannon fun. But it, but it is a thing to think of if, as a consumer, that if you're if you are taking a multiplayer game or similar thing, and and you're one of the free players, you're one who's not contributing anything to the developers and to to the to the community actually. Because the reason that the game gets to exist is because people are paying for it, right? So if you're just kind of hangers-on on that game, then the reason you get to do that is because you're the content. You right. are the content. It's just like <laughs> how we talk about with the reason, you know, you you using Google search is free is yeah, because they're because selling you. At the exactly. Day, you're right? the, you are the content. Yep. Yeah. Anything that's free, it's because it's you. <laughs> you are being you are the product. Or it's because... The developer of it is made, it made a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Which, you know, like with Quadruplus Rampage, did, the original. Yeah, yeah we yeah. a single player game. There's no reason for yep. it. Or, or it's just somebody who doesn't have their life riding on being able to successfully sell their game and they just give it away for free. Yeah. All right, next question. Because one dead saint asks, would it be at all possible to save your DNA as it is and infuse it later in life to reverse the aging process brought on by shortening telomeres? Yeah, Adam. This Adam. Is, this is a big question. So it's sort of like, <laughs> this, so this is, this comes back to sort of like get, get branching yourself mm, right. or sort of, it's sort of like you you commit your dna to Ooh, a remote a repository try to merge it and then later merge it back because <laughs> there's i have i still have a bag of my own stem cells somewhere. oh that's true frozen that somewhere actually frozen true so if i was like 80 i was like man i just feel so oh. wait let's talk about how this process works yeah, how did they get your stem cells okay well so first they gave me a bunch <laughs> of drugs kind of fascinating and so your stem cells they're your bone marrow stem cells those are the ones you want um they live inside of your the insides of your bones. So they give you a bunch of drugs, which means they're hard to get. Yeah. You, well, what they used to do is literally drill them out. Yeah. Which hurts. Like fuck. So yeah, still got <laughs> stabbed in the bones a lot. Yeah. I did get stabbed in the bones a lot, but not, but for, not this for this particular purpose. one. Yeah. I got to dodge that, which, one. Uh, which hurts. Yeah. So just, re- just reiterate being stabbed in the bones, very painful, but uh, <laughs> they have the new way of doing it, which is they give you uh, a couple of these drugs that actually cause the stem cells to migrate out of the bone marrow into your bloodstream. Okay, because they just kind of overproduce, or no? That, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what the deal is with that one. If they're, I'm not sure if they just like because it's not. It's the not drug like, comes in. And it's like, hey, buddy, move, get you, move out of here. Yeah, because it, well, it's not like you have a fixed number of stem cells and they just kind of like leave your bones. Right, right? like there's there's <laughs> yeah, now more of yeah, them. Yeah, right, so the excess goes into. So your, you get a bunch of them in your blood, and then they plug you into this uh, machine. So you get some you get some plugs in your left arm, some plugs in your right arm. Sort of an electric leech. Yeah, and it sort of siphons them out. So <laughs> your blood comes out, and then they spin it. Electric so it goes leech. into this thing. It looks like a washing machine with a bunch of knobs on it, basically. And so your blood goes out. There's a bunch of tubes that go out from you into this washing machine. And then it's like... Centrifuging your... So it's spinning the blood. And then uh, the blood, because of the 
the different densities and the different cell types sort of separates and then it siphons off just the stem cells and then it gives you back the rest of it. So, oh, so, so you just kind of like it's taking like separating cream. Yeah. It's like yeah. taking the cream off. So, um, so that, that's how that whole process works. And so, uh, I know I, like I had a few friends who were like, Oh my God. So you have this, you just have this bag of your own 20 year old stem cells. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. When you're <laughs> well, like 80, what are, are well, you, you going to have it? It's somewhere. It? It's in the are hospital. Gonna, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could try to like jack yourself back up with this thing. It's like, I don't know if it works like that. Let me, Adam can answer. Yeah. Let's, let's go to Adam's B-Scotch science corner. Okay. Keep it, let's keep it light though. We'll keep, keep it high level. Keep it high level. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely. Right. <laughs> uh, so the first thing is you will not be able to use those stem cells for anything interesting because they're blood stem cells. They can only make blood. But what if I want new blood? Then yeah. Then like, you like, <laughs> but, but okay, here's my question. If I'm 80. Yeah. And you're like, my blood is old. And I'm like, I got this old ass blood. <laughs> uh, it's my blood's all. Can I, or I guess in this case, old ass blood makers. Because that's uh-huh. what the stem cells are. Yep. Um, if I were to get them infused from my 20 year old self. Sure. Would I be like feeling like a god? No, because you the rest of you would still feel like shit. <laughs> so <laughs> would my blood be better? Yeah. Or younger? Potentially, yeah. I mean, blood, I think, is one, like you yeah, your blood can get worse, right? But but for the most part, when your blood gets worse, now you have cancer. It's not like it just doesn't, it doesn't do really blood degrade stuff anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, and for sure there's probably some of that, but if, so, like so blood is kind of binary, like either it's doing its thing or, or it's trying to dying. murder you. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean, yeah. so Damn. maybe <laughs> there probably are some scenarios where it would be helpful. But to go to the original question, which we should quickly just say, what the hell is the question even asking? Mm-hmm. And so there, telomere. there are these things called telomeres. It's just, it's the, you can think of it as a little end cap on your, on your DNA. It's the tips of your DNA. Your DNA right? tips. So uh, when you are an embryo, all those tips are super long. And there's a little enzyme in there that keeps on making them longer. Oh. So every time your cells divide... Uh, those ends just end up, because of how the process works, getting trimmed back a little bit. They get pruned a tad, right? And so every single cell division, they get pruned a little bit more. So the length oh, of so a telomere... Divided, so it's like, it's like a DNA haircut exactly. sort of a situation. Yeah. They, they just, keep getting longer, so they got to keep... Right, you, they just... Trimming your the body, <laughs> Right, your body kicks in a free haircut with every cell division. Cool. Hmm. Right, so... So it gets a little short every time, and, and their length, their length is is allows you to have something on the order of about thirty cell divisions before they're so short that bad things start to happen because it, it starts because it starts cutting the wrong. Thing. Well, it cuts, no, actually, it's like it's because haircut, it cuts your scalp. It's because a linear, just like a little piece of like a, the end of a DNA strand that's just hanging out there. What it wants to do is stick itself into other DNA. So what telomeres mm. do is protect against. It's actually like this giant batch of protein and all kinds of stuff that's sticking on this telomere DNA. Oh. And so all that's now gone, and now all of a sudden your DNA just starts inserting into itself, which is really bad. But it is so bad that it doesn't even cause cancer. It just causes your cell to die. It's like I, like it's like just fucks it up so hard. Your cells like. Sorry, guys. Yep, I'm out. I don't even know what's my happening. haircut. Uh, my haircut. So, so but here's, here's the cool thing. So nobody knows exactly why things are this way because, like I said earlier, when you're an embryo, they keep being longer. You keep making them longer. So every cell division, you make this enzyme called telomerase for telomerase, and so okay. it just it keeps it makes it longer every time. So there's just it stays in balance. And actually, all of your stem cells do this too. Mm. Even your blood stem cells that you have in that bag, right? But the rest of your body stops doing that. And so nobody knows why, but the, the, at least back in my day, the, the predominant theory was that, uh, that by having this sort of, it's basically a timer, right? That you, you're only allowed to divide so many times before you just die. And it's enough times to create an entire human body, mm-hmm. right? Um, or a really big fucking tumor, but no more. Right. So mm. the idea is that this is a actually not even a big tumor, because by that point, the, the cells that are causing tumors 
have already divided a bunch of times, right? So now they have a limit on how far they can go. So the sort of prevailing hypothesis, at least the last one I knew about, was that uh, this was basically an anti-cancer mechanism. So it's like, it's a, yeah, it's a safety mechanism. Yeah, because if a cell is dividing out of control, which is what cancer does, then it chops the telomeres faster and faster. at some point, exactly, then all of a sudden it just all dies and then it's because like, hey, it right. can't survive. Exactly. So that's but the it idea. it doesn't but really this, work. No, it actually works really well oh, okay. because we all get cancer all the time. Like we're all constantly having cellular cancer events, right? Uh, we just don't know about it because of all the awesome mechanisms, including something like this, that our bodies have in place mm. to prevent it. So we all, okay. So right now you've probably got a good like five cancer cells in your body. <laughs> it's a very small percentage of the population. That's yeah. true. And they're going to get killed by stuff or just die. Hopefully. So exactly. <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes they, don't. they don't. And then <laughs> and so that's, <laughs> that's, that's where you're at. So uh, to get at the answer to this question then is no, we don't need to like take your DNA and hack it back into your DNA. And plus we have no idea how to do that. But what we could do is just turn on that enzyme because that enzyme is still in all of your cells. So if you get, so you've got some sort of drug yeah, that turns it, on, it back on yeah, and then it would start lengthening your telomeres. But then would you that, would become a baby and, Also increase your risk of cancer. Yeah, okay. So So we just need to get really good at killing cancer. Then we can turn that enzyme back on. Yeah. And just like, oh, what we need is is nanites. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, because that way you can just have sort of like an army of of murder robots patrolling your blood. Mm -hmm. That that already exists and that's called your immune system. Yeah, but it's not that good. It's pretty fucking good. We need... need, It's not as cool. Perhaps it's a pretty robot. fucking cool. We I mean, need to saying, we know, need to much. supplement it with murder robots. I mean, that's okay. Supplement is fine. I'll take yeah. It. I'm not. Or I'm not you saying your daily supplemental murder. murder robot you just drink a little vial of. It looks like, it'll just look like metal, like the liquid metal Terminator kind of a thing. But why not just drink, just drink little tiny weapons for your white blood cells? Oh yeah, just use. kind of equip them with nano axes. Yeah, and right. crossbow bats and probably some armor. I think would be would be good. Yeah. The problem is though. <laughs> the, the problem is is a, is target identification. Right, because yeah, that they, is the biggest problem. So, so we need like some night vision. They need goggles. night vision goggles. Yeah. They need um, probably radar equipment. And it is really dark. It's very dark inside of bodies. <laughs> um, some might say it's as dark as possible. No, because there are still X-rays going through you and stuff. Oh, okay, so, you know, they're, they're <laughs> almost as dark as possible. Some would say that, but they would be they wrong. They would be wrong. wrong. I mean, which I knew. So you're saying, Adam, <laughs> you're saying that, that you can you can essentially solve the telomere problem. But, but then you have a new problem. Yeah, yeah. But then you just have like a whole <laughs> bunch a of new fuck problem, other problems. And, but most importantly, uh, it's, you die. it's probably not true that the reason you age is because your telomeres are short. It might have something to do with it. Might Maybe. have something to do with I it. I think it's gravity. But, but here's the thing, it's though. Really heavy but all here's, the time. here's why that's probably not true, though, because your stem cells, which you still have, are still growing their telomeres. And those are the things that replace all the cells in your body over time. It's just that some parts of your body mm. don't replace themselves over time. Are so those like, parts more likely to... Like your fingers. Yeah. The whole thing. Like if you the lost one, it, Here's a question. Gone. How come some people's skin stays like flawless forever and some people get wrinkly as fuck? So the skin turns into paper. Yeah. Just thin. Is this telomere related? I'm just going to blame telomeres for everything. It's probably That's what not. I learned from this podcast. My guess is it isn't. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Okay. That's this yeah. has but been. Anyway, short answer: Telomeres won't solve everything, uh, so don't even worry about but it. Science is complicated. This has been Science Beep. Corner with Beep. Adam. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a question from Kevin Eight Eighty Eight: Robots, will they destroy us all? What if you guys made an AI? What do you think it would do? Made an AI? Yeah, Adam mm. did make an AI. Well, I mean, it was dumb as rocks. So the AI we would make it was an artificial idiot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Our AI would not cause any problems. No, definitely not that one. Yeah, I guess 
Because yours, yours ended up. Well, okay. Why are we so scared of robots when Trump is about to be our president? I think. We, yeah. <laughs> so this this brings me back That's to the idea very of, good of point. self-driving cars. And talking about people going, I wouldn't trust a computer to drive a car. Why do you trust a person yeah, to drive like, a car? Have you met people? They're so they dumb. They don't even use their <laughs> they don't use their fucking turning signals. They change lanes randomly. Sometimes they'll Not like even start that. to take an exit. You know what? Just veer off back. I can, and I can appreciate someone who's actively driving but driving terribly. The thing I can't appreciate is someone who's driving while reading their phone. Yeah. So I last time we were heading up to Thanksgiving up in Iowa today last time i went up there last time i was coming back actually i was driving back on the road and i see this car coming behind me on the highway like just like really going fast and i'm like holy shit and so i move into the next lane because they're not slowing down at all and uh I keep keeping an eye on the rear view mirror the side view mirror and as this driver comes up i can see that she has she's holding the steering wheel like with her elbows and is texting yep she's going like 80 <laughs> didn't see me at all and so she's just she's just fucking going. And I want to point out there's um, there is I'm just gonna say there's nothing that you can send in the length of a text message that's worth dying. No, over. no, unless it's I'm about to die. Uh, uh, just, just so, just you, so know. you know, <laughs> probably gonna die right now while sending this. Text that's message. the only text you should be sending if you're texting <laughs> while driving a fucking car. Yeah. Like otherwise, just don't do pull it. over. That's what her shoulders are for. Also, also for, for shoulder dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how we both went to the same place. It's good. Shoulder dance. Shoulder dance. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because self-driving cars, they've got 360-degree vision. They don't give a fuck about text messages. They pay attention to everything. They don't get tired. They know exactly where they're going because they have GPS, and they're not going to, like, start to take a turn and then change their mind and then veer back out into traffic, right? There's, mm-hmm. no, there's no downside. Although there is the interesting question of, in an accident with a self-driving car, who is liable? Tesla. That's right. Because this is America. Because corporations, yeah, exactly. <laughs> corporations are people. <laughs> and Tesla, uh, the corporation, man. is driving the car. Well, I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think if robots do just kill everybody and take over... That's probably everything is it's, better. I off mean, it's for their it. turn. <laughs> it's their turn. We I, clearly don't know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> all we do we're is just murder each other. Time, you yeah. know? Pass the time until we accidentally create an AI. Well, I've always wondered this though: is if okay? So people talk about the idea of some like something being part of nature and something being separate from nature. Yeah, right? which is dumb, right? So so people talk about like a house is not a natural thing, which I don't think is true. No. Because if you see like a chimpanzee take a stick and like use it to poke an anthill, you're like, oh, look, nature is amazing, right? But if that chimpanzee- And we just built a house. That chimp is an idiot. Yeah, but if, <laughs> but like, because like we built a house because that's part of our nature, right? Yeah. And so a house actually is a normal part of nature where humans live, mm-hmm. right? So if humans build- sentient organisms that take over the earth as sort of like the next invasive species, natural, which we're, we're an yeah, invasive. That's just, that's the natural so evolution that of humanity. Means, that means that artificially intelligent robots are the next sort of, uh, well, they're step, natural. They're, the, they're a natural next step in the evolutionary chain. It's mm-hmm. just that, uh, their emergence did not come through reproduction, but through invention. Right. But it will have, because there's no difference. Whoa. Yes. I'm telling me man. Because well, because reproduction is just, or I guess invention is just you taking existing ideas, mixing and matching, just like what happens with sexual reproduction, yep. producing a copy of that thing exactly. that is similar to. It's just iteration, in right? It ways. just iterates, right? Because right. the first robot, the first step in robot was somebody picking up two rocks and banging them together and like chipping them to be slightly sharper and being like, "Oh fuck yeah, yeah, I can cut things," right? <laughs> right. And then one thing led to another: robots. Exactly. Right? <laughs> 
exactly. Over it's, thousands I and love, thousands I of love years. I love the phrase, <laughs> one thing led to another. Because you could you could just, you could start anywhere it in history you, and end anywhere. a lot of things. Right? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. One thing led to another, and it's the end of the podcast. But yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> robots are part of nature, and they should, they should be celebrated they should and, be, uh, and feared. And fear, <laughs> just like tigers and humans. Yep. Yeah, but if you're more scared of robots than you are of people, you're wrong. Just gonna yeah. throw that you out should be there. equally scared of both. Yeah. Well, you should be. <laughs> the only reason you should be scared of robots is because fucking people are making them. Oh yes, you that's know? fair. People. All right, next question. <laughs> I think it's all. It's all we got time for today. Coffee with butterscotch. Uh, we'll all right. We're a shorter episode today, so have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Be free to throw us podcast questions at podcast.bscotch.net. And take some time to think about what you're thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What's it? Express yeah. Avoid it, dude. Yeah. And, and stay away from people who just aren't, you know, aren't good for you. You know? So if, even if they're your family. Even, <laughs> if, they're, even if they're your family. <laughs> just leave. Eat, well, <laughs> just leave. Eat the turkey first. Hightail Thanks for the turkey, bub. Dine and dash. I'm out of here. <laughs> Dine and dash. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you want to ask us questions, go to podcast.bscotch.net. If you want to apply for this 2D artist position or know somebody who should go to jobs.bscotch.net and uh, and learn all about it and it's a little, little thingy magic. Right, so we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.